Hi, I'm Andy Peregrine from Modiphius, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG tour. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about who chooses what game to play. In the news, previews of the new Dungeons and Dragons books, the Laundry Files second edition has been announced, Paizo released a community update, and more, plus a brand new sketch about facing an underwhelming monster. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, this sorry excuse for a podcast is sponsored by Lilith's Mattresses. Lilith's Mattresses have a unique combination of high-performance straw and hypoallergenic newt-scale filling, which delivers contouring pressure relief, core support, and a guaranteed 87% lice-free sleep. That just sounds awful. In my experience, people need a few lice to remind them that they're alive. Nothing like a good rash to focus the mind. Well, I suppose if you want to spend good money on a glorified sack of straws, I suppose you should get one. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it is a delight to be here, and here with us today, uh, with an extremely floral shirt, attitude, and highlights in her hair. It's the one. It's the only. It's it's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. And I, I do have blonde highlights in my hair. I'm getting ready for the Barbie premiere, which is this I, weekend. I, ve- I very much noticed these blonde highlights. Yes, I know, Russ. Yeah, yeah. Turn out no, time no observation. I completely, I completely You noticed. passed that perception, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> <Dang. laughs> right then. Podcast has turned brutal already, listeners. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Are I we said ready? nice things. <laughs> Are we ready to actually talk about some RPGs rather than Jessica's highlights? Sure. There's not much more to be said about it. There's not really. They exist. They exist. Thank you. Cheers. (laughs) So, very quickly, before we dump into the news, we got an email from Mike Shea, a.k.a. Slight Flourish, about last week's podcast. Lays the end. Mike Mike does occasionally drop drop me an email about um, about stuff we discuss. Mm -hmm. But um, last week, we were discussing social media platforms. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Because we're very social people. Yeah. And the importance of having um, your own kind of thing that you own at the core of the foundation of your of your online presence. Mm, yeah. So Mike commented on that, um, mm. just kind of just reporting his his basic experience. Oh, always good mm. to have some actual data. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not going to read out the entire yeah, yeah. email because it was quite a longish email. But basically, um, he, was, he was sort of saying that um, he had uh, quite a significant. Twitter presence, yeah. sort of forty plus thousand followers. Well, still has, I assume, forty Damn. plus thousand followers. That's a lot of um, people. But, the, but when Twitter's algorithms changed, like mm-hmm. that, the engagement yep. on that dropped down, dropped off a cliff. Yeah. And at the moment, he gets something like I think he said one in five hundred people will kind of you get um, engagement on a, on on Twitter that will go through and possibly buy something or take an action. Yeah. Whereas when he uses his own st- newsletter, which is yeah. the thing that he owns, um, and not owned by by a by a social media yeah. platform, um, he it's closer to one in fifty. So it's ten times better. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, email is generally a better 
marketing sort of uh, direct marketing p- yes. platform yeah mm. d- direct marketing thing than um than social media anyway people but consent to receive usually yeah. and can opt yeah. out of yes so, yeah. so people are in control of it mm. and that is really important yeah yeah um so yeah it's basically to pretty much agree with what we said just um because like as I, as I said to you before before the podcast and it was just I, I just it just made me think about what had happened over the various social media platforms over the years mm-hmm. and since I have been like running EN World, yes. Google Plus has come and gone. Yes. You know, completely. And the entire social media platform came into being and went away again. There. Yeah. And so anything you had on there, you lost. Well, Google made it, then they got bored and wandered off yeah. and abandoned the Twitter yeah. did whatever Twitter did. Look, he, he set his bed on fire. He can lie on it. <laughs> Facebook made it so marketing to the people that have actually subscribed to follow your pages. You have to actually pay for each post for them to see them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well established. Cory Doctorov wrote a great article on it. Um, we yeah. have to call it the Doctorov process on this uh, podcast, but it's got a much better name. Yeah. Um, uh, Reddit, not that long ago, like a few weeks ago, yeah. literally turned around and said, we're going to replace the moderators on groups that don't do what we say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally <laughs> confirming that Reddit owns those you know, subreddits, not you. If you start a subreddit, it's not yours. Reddit can literally just replace you. That's a shame, because I always felt Reddit was one of those communities where it was very community-owned. It had yeah. that vibe, but... Yeah, but none of these things are. So, all yeah. so that free labour that they've got, they managed to annoy so many yeah. people, it's, but, it's but a they're choice. All, they're, they're all doing it, and I, I think it is really, really important to have your own thing. The, uh, a, you know, a, a billionaire can't turn around and take away from you because they want to. I'm not sure that's going to be possible after a while, not to get too <laughs> political, but like entire countries. Yeah. But anyway, let's not talk about that here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. perfectly possible, and it's happening right now. It's yeah. the thing called the Fedivate. Yeah. It's like things yeah. like microblogging platform, Mastodon, and other associated things. It already exists. And I have my own mm. website, a Mastodon presence, mm. and I'm pretty happy with that. That's working well. Yeah. I'll probably start an email list. Because that seemed, I mean, you know, like I say, it seemed like a good idea. And Mike Shea said, yeah, this works. Mm. And you yeah. know what? That's good enough for me. Mm. Like, because reaching yeah. people is super hard. And you cannot trust a centralized social media platform to let you do that. They'll just take it away mm. and charge you money yeah. for it for your connection with your audience. And it's like, yeah. it's absolutely outrageous. I remember even as a outrageous. user being really annoyed when, because I remember, because I'm, of that age. Mm. I remember when Facebook changed and I remember mm. it used to be if I liked a page, I mm. would see their stuff on my feed, which mm. is why I liked the thing. So I could keep exactly. up to date with, you know, releases or stuff going on. And then I, I realised... follow it. You yeah. like and follow it. And then you have to say, see this first. And you know what? I have 600 odd people on Southampton Guild of Roleplayers page and regularly less than 200 people see the posts. And that's mm. with people clicking like and follow and yeah. engaging the yeah, page. Yeah. yeah. Out of 600, less than one in three get to see it. I'm not charging money for anything. People still have to look at ads, see the page. It one is, three is pretty good going. Like, yeah, well, it's you know, quite a high engagement rate. Yeah, but still, like, that's that, that's what they tell me that people, now this is just people seeing it, not engaging, but like, mm-hmm. you know, of that, okay. people being able to see it at all. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to, I, I just find it really annoying that they're like saying, oh, think it and it's just yeah. does not do the job it's supposed to do yeah. but it's anyway, not just get... us that thinks this no. good to say that the, no, the, the no. DM also agrees <laughs> let's get on with the RPG yes, yes, anyway, because we're just kind of rehashing the entirety of last week's podcast now so. <laughs> yeah well yeah if, if you'd like to hear more please listen to last week's episode Russ so what's happened this week um, so I got 
Well, this isn't so much news as speculation, okay? But okay. I thought it was okay. interesting. Ooh. All right. About what's going on wait, wait, with first. the future of D&D and storylines Is this speculation? Because that is absolutely my favourite kind. Um, well, it's not baseless, oh, but the base oh, is flimsy. So Ooh, what, what's going on with the future as, as in it's like a, one D&D a, type situation? Well, it's just that generally speaking, when um, Wizard of the Coast or when D&D does something... Yeah. All of its various sort of expressions tend to do it as well. Yes. So, like the video right. games will do it, and this and like um, you know, um, so Neverwinter, the the video game, yes. has often tracked along with storylines that Wizards has released as hardcovers. Okay, makes sense. Not always, not always, but is, you know, is that, it has some. Is that still going on? Because like, yeah, yeah, it still exists. But that was like a was it three. 3.0, 3. 3.5 video game, and no, no, I don't think so. I Never think it was winter. four. I think it was four E actually. No, 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 Neverwinter Nights. Do you mean LG? Neverwinter, Neverwinter, Three Dungeons and Dragons MMORPG. Oh, yeah. oh right. Sorry. It's still alive. I'm on their oh, website yeah. right now. Yeah. Play it now. Indeed. Oh, okay. Anyway, they oh, have okay. announced yes, yes, Neverwinter nice. Demon Web Pits. So, so Demon Web Pits okay. is, well, is, is, that, that calls back to a very, very old um, AD&D, basically a loaf and drow and stuff. That's what that is, Menzo brands and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So the suggestion is, because historically Neverwinter has kind of tracked along with D&D storylines, not always, as I say, not always, so it's not a guarantee whatsoever, yep. but it has happened. I wonder if that means 5 E's going there at some point? Yeah. Probably. In the next year or two? Maybe? Maybe. Uh, I mean, they did get rid of an absolute turn of, quote, drow lore, unquote. Uh, probably because they read it. They were like, oh, no. Mm. <laughs> we can't yeah, put this out. It's, People can see a, this. <laughs> you'd have to do a lot of work to unpick that and make it be reflective of the company you want to be today, I think. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just a bit, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, was, yeah. like I said, it's speculation. It's not really necessarily a thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'll what? tell you what isn't speculation. What, what yeah. isn't speculation? Planescape. Planescape? Yes. We know that's coming. Okay. We do. And we have now seen lots of pretty pictures of the books and the contents of the Planescape set. I okay. know I have. Oh, uh, yeah. It looks pretty gorgeous. It does look very pretty, especially the what is it, the limited edition or the deluxe? What, what are they calling it? Yeah, again? yeah. The, There's the... a great big poster map of the Outlands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a big, there's a DM screen, there's the slipcase itself, and then there's three books. It really does look nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as someone on Twitter said to me, said, there was, I can't remember who it was, but said, uh, how am I supposed to boycott Wizard of the Coast if they keep releasing things like this? <laughs> it does make it hard, because this does look really good. Like, I mean, it'll be nice, but it's just going to be a short adventure, like, I mean, it's similar to the, the Spelljammer yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah, just so. like, oh, you'll have a little it, taste, a little splash in it, and then you'll have to yeah. go somewhere else and start another game. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man, you sold me a game with 1 to 20. I want to play 1 the to 20. The poster maps are gorgeous, the coaster maps. Yeah. Listen, reversible poster maps. So on one side, we've got the Outlands. On the other side, we've got um, Sigils, the City of Doors. Mm. I mean, very, in sort of very artistic um, style of it. And it looks really, really nice. That's the sort of thing you uh, you could put that on your wall and it would look yeah. right. What What is... Like, I mean, I suppose it's different, but I'm just really struggling to conceptually tell the difference between the Radiant Citadel and uh, Sigil. Uh, Sigil. Uh, well, Sigil leads to different planes. It's like the centre of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you can just go to different planes. 
So it's kind of like the, sort of like right it sits right at the center of the multiverse. Yep. Um, led um, ruled by the um, what's her name, Lady of Pain, or yeah. whatever. Her name I is. think um, it's it's got a very different vibe because, like you said, yeah, ruled, ruled yeah, by the Lady okay. of Pain and that sort of thing. Right. Whereas Radiant Citadel felt more more like Tortuga, not piratey, but you know what I mean? Like, it's mm. more like a bunch of people happen to be there and we're just about doing things. Oh, yeah, you're like, all right. There is a conceptual yeah. overlap. Yeah. It feels really samey to me, so, mm. like... I think very different vibes. Though. Right, right, right. Like, okay. you can go you can go to a, a nice bar that's, you know, a friendly, you know, Spanish outdoor marketplace, or you can go to the kind of bar the Lady of Pain would run, which I feel would mm. be a different vibe. Ultimately, yeah. both places you can go and drink alcohol. Very right, different right. attitude, very different yeah. atmospheres. So You've got a much higher chance of being stabbed in the latter, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't speculate or say anything against her and her marvelous reign. <laughs> she has a nice outfit in the the cover picture. I assume that's her. Well, but, well, we've got I, three I books. Seen it, so. Oh, so I'm so looking at the slipcase. Um, that's the I think it's the game store alternative exclusive variant. Oh, that would be that would be the Lady of Pain on there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the three books inside, um, yeah, because there's uh, alternate covers as well, and mm-hmm. the alternate covers are gorgeous. I, I really like yeah. the alternate covers; I, they're really nice. I, yes. um, but the um, the three books inside are um, the Morte's Planar Parade, which is a monster book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have the Sigil and the Outlands, which is kind of the setting book, planar rules, locations, and character options. And then finally, we have got Turn of the Fortunes Wheel, which is the adventure, which goes with it. So they're the three books that have been there, plus the poster map and the DM screen. Yes. Nice. It's all very pretty. It is very pretty. It looks really nice. I'm still not going to get it, though. I just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's one of the most for me. I'd be like, oh, all right, good yeah. go. I'm just, I'm just not playing D&D, and I'm not going to... If And if I'm running, which I might get these books if I'm running a game... I'm just not mm. running D and I've got like four of the systems on my list to run, and I'm also trying out some solo RPGs. So I just, mm. I don't think I want to make space for another D and D game. Yeah. But it's, but it's very pretty. It's a nice thing to own. Yeah, yeah. So talk talking about stuff that Wizard Coast does. Big B presents. Give it this proper name. What's his proper name, Peter? What Big B's book of big boys. That's the one. <laughs> yes. Big Bumper Book of Big Boys. <laughs> I'm sure it's got another name, but like I like mine better. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the Yours uh, is mar- <laughs> so the marketing machine is in full run now, and like, there are videos coming out pretty much every yeah. day yeah. of Wizards of the Coast um, designers and people yeah. like being interviewed, and they're kind of like 15 to 20 minute videos. And I've been trying to transcribe as many of them as I can, but wow, okay. That's we all know work, how you love videos as news. Well, transcribing a video does take ages because yeah. it's like it takes like like five times as long as the video itself to transcribe it. So, um, right. Anyway, so um, Big B presents. Yeah. So these Big videos B's have been coming out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have got a few videos. Mm-hmm. So one of them is kind of a general overview between Todd Kenrick mm-hmm. and um, game designer Ben Petrizor. Petrizor. I'm not sure how you say his name, but Petrizor, I think. And they go in depth on some of the monsters in the book. Mm-hmm. So it's a video all about the monsters. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, some of them look very, very, very cool. So there's over 70 stat blocks in there. Mm. You know, it's, it's, One you know, of which up. is the goose that we talked about last week. Oh, the goose is in the there. Goose. Yeah. And the so they talk about the goose. Yeah. <gasps> we need to know about um, the goose first. Did they talk about the goose? Yeah, they talk about um, the goose. I don't think they mentioned it specifically in this one. Well, I'm that sorry. was a marketing fail. Yeah, yeah. I... But our sketch does have chickens in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. Which are like yeah. geese, but not the same. Well, this gets oh, last week had a goose in it too, so. Yeah. It did, by coincidence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I suspect yeah. foul play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, they, they kind of talk about 70 stat blocks. Are basically, you've got your general giants, your hill giants, your storm giants, and all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said, the purpose of this book, you've kind of got to go back to these things, and you've got to make monsters using those basic families of giants right. without it feeding redundant. Because, you know, obviously they've been covered before in previous books, yeah. previous monster books and things like that. Um, so they've got demons and cultists and all sorts of things like that. But and demon giants. how many different okay. ways can you express giants and keep them fresh and interesting? So, for example, one is the, a hill giant that's yeah. caught the eye of the demon lord Yinogu. Yinogu. Oh, yeah, the old guy. Yeah. yeah. They both have a commonality of eating, they say. They're basically both the demon lord and hill giants like eating. It's the kind of thing that they have in common. Who doesn't, um, though? Like, so, I like eating, too. I, 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 mean, <laughs> well, I guess we're like the demon lord, you know. Yes. The I've often been told that, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the highlights, Jess. <laughs> Yes. Um, so um, what happens is the hill giant falls into the demon lord's domain and they become a moor of Yinogu. They've basically become a fiend. Right. Okay. And uh, when you first see it, it's kind of hunched over on all fours and it's charging at you and you just see this big, huge jaw with multiple rows of teeth like scraping against the ground like a massive plow. Nice. And the teeth constantly grow like in its mouth, constantly like grow. And yeah. And it can reach into its mouth, rip some of its teeth out, and chuck them at you like a barrage of daggers. And then they just, you know, regrow immediately. Do rabbits do that? Do rabbits do that? Yeah, they so their rip teeth out their teeth growing. and throw them at you. Like I've daggers. not owned a rabbit before. I mean, in which case, yeah, sure, that that's a real <laughs> yeah, risk for rabbit rabbits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that, that their yeah. teeth keep growing. Yeah, they're, well, they're rodents. <laughs> so yeah. what I'm hearing is more to you know who are ex- rodents of unusual size. Mm. Extremely dangerous. Sorry, and carry amateur on. dentists. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. So we said, also right? <laughs> <laughs> we also have giants that have mastered rune magic. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they they get these runes that give them access to really powerful abilities. But the players can attack the giant or attack the rune and shut off access to their magic, giving you a sort of tactical choice that is slightly different when fighting other spellcasters. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've got giants like Hulks. They've got regular giants. They've got Skyons. They've got you know um, like the, the Skyons. Is it Scions or Skyons? Uh, Scions. 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 Yeah, yeah. So that makes me think P S I O N S, like psychic giants thing. Yeah. So, sorry, man. It's like, the English it's language is wild. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I'm going to say Skyons just to be yeah, just sure. so I know what I mean, even if that is wrong. I'm going to say Skyons. You, you, you pronounce it because then like. I know I'm not talking about psychic giants. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, the Skyons are like the direct children of giant go- gods. Yeah. They do look like it as well. They look very majestic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they have this cradle that forms around them and um, that's made of the element that the giant is kind of in tune with. So you might see this giant, enormous iceberg in the distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the cradle of one of these Skyons. And when you try to awaken the giant, because you're like exploring the glacier or whatever, yeah. that awakens as a massive titanic elemental ice creature that is going to fight you to protect the Skyon, but it also it's kind of protecting the world from the Skyon, because if you slay the Cradle, then the Skyon awakes, and that's not necessarily a good thing for the world, because these things are really big and powerful. Right. So, so it's kind of like meets Cthulhu. I don't know, man. Hang up a little, little D&D, little Do Not Disturb sign. Mm. I guess I had a little D&D sign, but that was very... Yeah, yeah. Pro- <laughs> pro- <laughs> pro- <laughs> how appropriate. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do Not Disturb. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, these things, these things are kind of like the giant's equivalent of great worms, I guess. You know, like, like the top of the, yeah. the, the food chain when top, it comes to dragons. Top like tier. The highest tier. Yeah. The chunkiest of the big boys. Yeah. Yeah. So these are like primordial giants, the bigger and more powerful than, than other types of giants. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yes, yeah, so there's those. Um, then there's death giants. Uh, we've got giants that influence like aberrations is, or the outer planes or. This is giants that will attempt to kill you as opposed to giants that are hard of hearing. THS. Okay, <laughs> as opposed to all those other giants, which will just like give you like a big hug and a yeah. very large slow turn chips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Giants of death. Yeah. Right. We've got giants, we've got hulks, mm-hmm. which are giants which embrace their elemental nature. I think we've so already got sort of like umber hulks kicking around, don't we? Yeah, these are much bigger than number holes. Oh, okay. Yeah. These are like are elementals giants? that are trying okay. to kind of still retain their giantness, but they're kind of like elemental giants. And then we've got like a, a, a Ceramorph Etin. Yeah. You know what an Etin is? Like a two-headed giant. Well, imagine that with like mind flayer tentacles on, on the heads. And oh. one of the heads is like coming out of its chest rather than it's the centre of its... almost like an anglerfish type thing. You have a male and a female mm. anglerfish. It's got that vibe to it to me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and also they've got trolls in there. They've got trolls in there, so they've got like a whole bunch of trolls that, that uh, uh, coalesce together and all regenerate at the same time. And um, yeah, you, the troll amalgam type thing. So it's lots of big roly poly kind of mass of limbs and teeth and eyes, and they're all trolls, but they're all kind of joined together, and it's one big horrible sort of gross mass of trollness. And uh, as the, they said in the video, the artwork for that is exactly what you think it's going to be. Yeah, it's probably horrible. Probably horrible. Cool. Uh, then we've got a, a flesh colossus where giants like stick together great big bits of fallen giants to make giant kind of creatures, constructs, to carry on fighting for them. So sort of like a giant meets Voltron sort of affair. Mm. Okay. Kind of, yeah. Um, then we got the death giant. So we got a regular death giant, but we've also got one that has mastered uh, the death rune. And they've carved the rune on skulls that they carry about their person. And you can see the souls of the dead seeping through the eye sockets and floating around them. I don't and they carry like, a big staff with the like, necrotic I don't like the blade. use of the word seeping there. That was not nice. Yeah. Okay. It says, um, we have a... Bag, we have bag jelly. I'm seeing written here. I am not entirely sure what that is. Okay, okay, because it just says. I don't know whether I I just couldn't make out what he was saying. Um, Okay. uh, I I replayed that bit like over and over, and that's what it sounds like he's saying. Um, Obviously, to me, is this some D and D thing I just don't know about? I don't know. To me, it's very obvious what goes on. What they have, they got gelatinous cube in a bag, Mm. and they throw it at you. Yeah, maybe. maybe. A bag of but it's yeah. just in the context, it's like we've also got some weird things like giant ticks. I'm like, that is quite weird, but scary. Yeah. We have giant animals. Okay. We yeah. have bag jelly. We have weird creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bag jelly. I mean, that, might, that might be me transcribing it wrong. I don't know. Oh. Go <laughs> oh, and listen to it yourself. See if, if I just couldn't hear it. And it's really obvious. Anyway. Just, I hope that it is bag jelly. <laughs> but honestly, I rewound that bit over is and over again. And every time big, I listen to it, it's a like, is jelly? bag jelly? Is it like a jellyfish? I don't know. I don't know, Trash. I don't know. Sorry. I can't answer this. Okay. Thing. Sorry. Oh, oh, like Let's this move is on. information that I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the bit I'm most curious yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. We I'm going to look, look So, look, let us know when the giant goose gets its full reveal, because that mm. is a terrifying monster. Yeah. And if there's any updates on the bag jelly, because those are things yeah. which are really getting us curious. So, yeah. 
Hey Jess, you tell us a bit of news. I've just told you a couple of bits of news. Just stop hearing my voice for All a right, sec. Okay. Let's hear your I was voice. I was looking up bag jelly. Mm. It is there is bag jelly. Oh it does exist. Oh, oh okay. Alright, what is it? Uh more details unknown, but it is a thing. In D and D. Yes. Okay. Of course it is. Okay. All right, bag, right, yeah, bag, bag okay. jelly, it's a thing. Okay, right. okay. cool. Whatever it is. Anyway, I'll give you a bit of news. Go yeah, on. go on then, Peter. Yeah. You're somebody um, who's not right. We, we, we've been heralding that Shadow of the Weird Wizard is on its way. Um, mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. looks like uh, Robert J. Schwab has put up the Kickstarter Notify Me on the launch page. 1,235 followers to date. Wow. Shadow of the Very Weird cool. Wizard for listeners who maybe say, oh, that sounds familiar. It's what mm-hmm. it is. It's basically Shadows of the Demon Lord, but for... A more child-friendly version is that hmm. is that fair? Oh yeah, I think I think it's yeah. a little more family-friendly um, and a little more um, sort of offbeat. He's yeah, he's yeah. taken the time mm-hmm. to change a few design elements, things like that. I did an interview with him on Not D and D, so if you want to dig into it in more detail, oh, um, yeah. there's an episode on that. But, oh, that's coming yeah. soon, is it? I'm going to pick that up for sure. There we go. Definitely going to pick that up. Um, speaking of weird, yes. Speaking of bag jellies and shadow, of the weird wizard. Yeah, I've got something weird for you guys as well. How weird is it? It's the weird. On a scale weird. of one to ten, how weird? Ten. Ten weird. Yeah. Ten weirds out of weird. I yes. think we're using different scales, but that's then. quite weird. Yeah. That's pretty weird. It is. Uh, Magic Kit Games announced the weird. It's a collection of ideas to make your role-playing games more weird. So more it's really weird. well titled. Like, if we were playing the yeah. Kickstarter game with this, 100% know what this Ooh, is about. Maybe. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's got like over 100 lists of ideas. Um, weird ideas. 100 over 100 items it's got 12,000 different prompts just to like add odd story ideas for your games really and they're broken down mm. by genre so if you're like i want a fantasy game or a horror game or this or that you could go to that section and it will break it down for you some like prompts and ideas mm. to start stuff and you can also which is nice categorize by tone mm. because when people say weird people might need different things so they've categorized it by tone as being interesting surprising gonzo whimsical mm. so you know, because some people that want something a bit weird and interesting might not want something a bit gonzo. Mm. So, you know, it's the, the tones people important. who want whimsy and the people who want gonzo both want weird stuff, but they do not want the same weird stuff. Correct. <laughs> so they have defined it, which I think is a really good idea. Yeah. I was glad to yeah. see that that element brought in as well. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, it's kind of like um, ideas. It's kind of things to, to spark you. Or, or if you just need something on the fly, you can just look it up. Like, yeah. Because they've got an example here. Like, yeah. uh, PCs wandered into a bar. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, something a bit weird. I want something unique and weird about this bar. Mm-hmm. And they give an example of three things that are on mm-hmm. the sort of list that you could pick for, okay. for that. Yeah. yeah. And so one of them is hanging above the restroom door is something from the weird unexpected object list. Like a human skull made of blue bone, dual candles shaped like two halves of different people's heads, or a taxidermied cuttlefish of impressive size. Oh, I do like taxidermy. So, so we've got lists of like details which you can just like chuck into your mm-hmm. into your, your environment. Mm. We've got a boisterous patron bearing a weird tattoo, such as flames in the outline of a crow, the solar system, but with Jupiter misspelled as Jupiter, or an elaborate key that lets the bearer open any door with a touch. Mm-hmm. Or we've got the bar suffers from something on the weird hauntings list. Haunted scissors driven to sever fingers. <laughs> a wind-up monkey toy that starts at 11, 11 p.m. every night. Rat skeletons wearing tiny red bow ties. Or maybe a ghost from the future of someone who isn't dead yet. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, for me, it's probably not something I would want because... Mm-hmm that would essentially be almost a plot hook. 
Uh, unless, unless basically, I might, I might use it as a list of ways to get people invested in plot hooks. Because generally, if you've got something weird, then players will want to investigate and they want to know more. Yeah. yeah. And in real life, you come across weird stuff that doesn't make sense all the time if you're looking yeah. for it. Yeah. But well, for me, it's kind of I, I, I've got no time for red herrings in the games. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I don't mind them at all. No, and no, somehow, no. sometimes a red herring can just turn into can turn into something that you weren't expecting it to. Yeah, yeah. But that, that I mean, it depends upon your gaming style and how prepared you are to go with that. Like, yeah. I yeah. can, but I prefer not to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I, 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 I like to be on the fly a little bit mm. when I GM. I, yeah. I kind of prefer that. Yeah, yeah. Myself, uh, yeah. yeah. It's so. Just, yeah, I, so I, I would use this for sure. No, no, I mean, definitely well, got a place. Um, if you I mean, would I'm, looking use, at magic, yeah. I'm looking at like wild magic and effects now, so that would be mm. that. Uh, is, it, is it available now? Or? The, uh, no, the coming out in September. 256 page hardcover. Nah, probably a bit late for me. Right. But yeah, so that'll be coming out in September. Or you, could pick, or you could pick it up as a PDF. Yeah, yeah. That's the sort of thing, really. Just, you want it to be a web page with a random generator. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, yes, yeah, so more news. news. You want more? Yeah. Well, you want more news? I'll give you more news. How up to date are you folks on your laundry? I haven't read the latest book, but otherwise I have a like, like moderately to minor encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of the book series. Well, okay. Cubicle 7 has announced the second edition of the Laundry Files of Yes. So for people who don't know what the laundry is, what is the laundry? Peter, sounds like you're well prepared to discuss. Yes, I am. It's uh, The laundry itself is the... Well, the Laundry Files RPG specifically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Uh, the laundry... Well, I was giving it its full name so people can look it up. Yeah, yeah. Laundry Files, it's by Charles Stross, uh, also known mm-hmm. as Charlie Stross. Charles Stross is a UK-based author who... Mm-hmm. And these books are one of his many series. They start off uh, roughly in 2010, and the laundry itself is the branch of the civil service that deals with things that go bump in the night. Uh, essentially, they're a secret organisation, and mm-hmm. those of you who have played Delta Green will be like, oh, it's just like Delta Green. No, it's not like Delta Green. I've played Delta Green. I really like it. I've played laundry files. I've run laundry files. And they're similar in conceptually, but they play very differently, I assure you. Um, the laundry has the full support of the British government, but the British government doesn't know that it fully supports it. <laughs> mm. It's all to do with the thir- the secret third section of the Official Secrets Act, and essentially players are take on various roles, like computational demonologists. Bureaucracy is extremely important with it, mm-hmm. and essentially you can cast you cast magic spells using, say, your iPhone. Because you don't want to be trying to do that sort of thing in your head, because mm. then you get like tiny little holes appear in your brain. Do not do mm. it, which is why a lot of the great sorcerers do tend to be quite, quite uh, strange. Um, mm. Yeah, no, it's an absolutely fantastic uh, setting and series. Starts off with the Atrocity Archives, which is a collection of uh, four uh, novellas, um, and then moves on through various tropes uh, to where we are today. It does, it does change quite. Quite dramatically in tone, not gonna lie, and it leans heavily upon a reinterpretation of the Cthulhu Mythos. <laughs> yeah, I so, I really like the way it's um, the juxtaposition of you have these like really strange magical mm. extra dimensional horrors, and then just the mundanity of like filling out the paperwork and mm. the British bureaucracy. Yeah. Which anyone, because I spent a little bit of time working in local government at some Ooh. point in my life for my sins, and anyone that's worked in that is like, oh, it do be like this. Yeah. Mm. But yes, 
It's I'm I, excited for it. I, I had the uh, hubris, the audacity to mm-hmm. run a game of the Laundry Files, which is all about computers and essentially the civil service for two real life actual honest to god whitehall civil servants mm-hmm. <laughs> two computer programmers and my lovely wife who is fortunately for us neither of those things um and you can just do things with paperwork that's bureaucracy and like mm. you've got the office infighting to the extent that actually it's quite a relief to be outside being chased by zombies um and so mm. forth because at least you don't have to deal with benny from accounts mm. exactly no that's, <laughs> i'm pretty excited about <laughs> this Mm-hmm. There's a little detail in here that I spotted, yeah. mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. You know, Cubicle 7 is making its C7D20 system, which is kind of, mm-hmm. it's sort of 5E-ish system. Yeah. They mention in this, first mention of a brand new system called C7D6, which is what's going to power this game. C7D20, C7D6. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, it sounds like Cubicle 7 is making... Sort of, I don't know how similar that's going to be to the traditional D6 system, the West End Games D6 system, or whether it's something totally new, whether what it is, you know, is it a dice pool system? I don't know. Yeah. But it's really interesting that these things are. I think that would be quite good. The laundry that I ran quite happily and mm. I bought the source books for is mm. based on uh, the D100 of the basic role playing game system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously you have that in hate innate barriers to failure they've they they, they do things to patch it but i think potentially from my experience with western games like playing the og ghostbusters yeah Mm -hmm. i think this could be a really really nice thing it would let you do more stuff i feel Mm. like i've heard i think i've heard of c76 i think Mm -hmm. that they use that for like age of sigmar or soulbound or something i don't know oh not to my knowledge yes Really? Oh. Yes. Uh, oh. So, yeah, Soulbound uses C76 game system, so it's oh, okay. an existing thing. I thought, really? sorry, it triggered something in my in my brain because no. I had Cubicle Seven on not D and D, and we're talking mm. about um, we're talking about Age of Sigmar. I think we mentioned Soulbound. Um, yes, I am correct. So this is using Strong. that kind of mechanic, so it exists. Okay. Okay. Cool. So it's not brand new, but I'm sure they will. Tweak it to launch. Yeah, it might be a new it. version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen or played any of the stuff with it? I haven't played Soulbound. No, no. 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 Okay. I do have the starter set, and they had for Free RPG Day, they did have a like a starter adventure and like basic, kind of like a starter box style oh. of it. Mm, so okay. I do have the PDF on my computer, but I have PDFs of so many different systems <laughs> on my computer that I need to run. And yeah. I, in earnest, am planning to do that this year. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm. You know. I, 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 I'm actually really interested because I, I really like Charles Stross's books. They are mm-hmm. like just like I just gobble them up as yeah, often as, well I, as they can come out. They're, I like this I, setting. I'll be picking this up when it comes out. We don't know I, when that too, will yeah. be. Yeah. We don't know when that will be, but um, yeah. apparently we'll get more information. Is going to be teased to us in the third quarter of this year. Yeah. So I mean, we will have bit, more updates for you soon. I have a little bit of laundry trivia, like uh, okay. uh, Robert Howard, who uh, Bob Howard is like the name of the uh, like you know, one of the main protagonists in the first series of books. I won't give you too much, and it turns out his uh, initials are something like B O uh, Robert O F Howard. So it's his his initials are B O F H. Which, if you read the Register, which is a like an incredibly geeky like online magazine for computer people. Uh, and technical types, they have a very popular fictional strip called, I'm just going to say, The Bastard Operator from Hell, 
which of course mm-hmm. uh, abbreviates to BOFH. Uh, and it's like, okay, same energy. I like, oh, it took me a while to work that out. I was like, oh, I see what you did there. Nice one. So there you go. A little launch tree. A little Easter egg, Easter egg, if you want. There you go. Badly. Like of no one. interest to you, Rosino. Let's move on. But the press release was fun because it came out yeah. as um, like an in-universe report from Andrew Files. Yeah, so some things yeah, were redacted. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was cool. nice. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, anyway. That's just absolute classic when you're reading yeah. the books. Well, it's got sorry. like little bits of tape and <laughs> you've got, yeah. mm-hmm. in the pictures look like they're taped in and like things are scribbled in the margins. Beautiful margin idea. But so much fun. So Paito has, Paito has said a few things. Oh, yeah. what Paito yeah. said um, today? They, they kind of released a press release, which is kind of an update. So this is by Jim Butler, who took over as president about a year ago mm-hmm. um, right, of yeah. Paito. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's kind of just like an update, um, sort of over things that have happened recently and also some of the things they're, they're planning on doing. So it's not a massive in-depth thing. It's just kind of a sort of brief overview. Yeah. Um, basically, they talk about the yeah, United Paizo Workers Union that formed in the last year. Yes. They talked about the rise of the Orc license, the Open RPG Creative license, and the effect that had on their product schedule. Mm. So what's happened is their current product schedule, mm. because of this Open RPG license, and they decided they were going to make those remastered pa- Pathfinder rulebooks, oh, yeah, yeah. which were DOGLified. Yes, yes, if you recall, yes. they're coming out. They're coming out in November. Mm. Because because they decided to make those, like the whole project schedule got pushed forward. Mm. So you know that's 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 um, you know he's talking a little bit about how 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 that whole thing affected Paizo. Mm. Um, also, there's been some reorganisation, sort of internal reorganisation, and also about how they're merging some of the teams and starting to create games outside of the RPG fold. Yeah. Which they have done before, because it's a Pathfinder card game. Yeah. Oh, yes. So which is really it's not good. like it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not really like it's the first time they've done yeah. this. We, yeah. we should play that but, sometime. That'd be good. Yeah. 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 But, they, but they're talking about a, thing, a game called Elemental Stones, which is coming out this fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which um, I don't know much about. I just clicked on the page, and there's a very, very short description. Um, take the role of an elemental sovereign shaping the very nature of reality in this fast-moving board game and it has hex tiles which you need to match patterns with mm-hmm. or something and uh, it plays in about 30 minutes apparently sounds jolly uh yeah 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 um they're closing down their main offices in redmond in washington state well, okay. because most of their staff is working remotely mm-hmm. now Fair um and they're moving their warehouse over the coming over the coming months Oh. They're going to have a brand new online store and forums. Okay. And they are going to work with various companies for Pathfinder fiction, novels, Ooh. books, nice. and also licensing out stuff, which they're already doing yeah. for video games and. Yeah, and board games. I've seen like Twilight Imperium fiction in an actual book at UK Games Expo, and that was pretty mm. wild. I mean, I was sort of yeah. very intrigued, got yeah. to say. There's a Pathfinder novel, a standalone Pathfinder novel coming out in 2024. So they have produced Pathfinder novels before. So this isn't something new. No. This is something they're returning to. They they did used to do that and then they stopped. So yeah. maybe it's time, I don't know. Yeah, 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 maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of it's a, it's a sort of broad overview. It's not in yeah. detail or anything. Just looking at what what Paizo is currently at and what what's been happening recently. Yeah, that would be quite good, I think, in some ways, um, if they did that sort of thing. Like, it would certainly make it a lot more... It would make the law a lot more accessible for people like me, because mm. I learn things through stories. I, If you give me an encyclopedia to read, then mm. that's nice. Mm. 
So the, yeah, book, yeah, so yeah. the bookshelf of you have never to come down. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you know I know quite a lot about Dragonlance because mm. I read the novels. Yeah, I didn't yeah. read a Dragonlance source book to learn. Oh that. yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's yeah. where my the entire knowledge comes from. <laughs> yeah, I know stuff about Star Wars because I watched the films. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mm. read a Star Wars encyclopedia that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Anyway, yeah. So um, that's, that's probably so. So what else have we got? Well. I kind of was talking about the Laundry Files uh, second edition, and yes. speaking mm. of new editions of games, oh, 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 what a natural oh. segue! Yeah. Uh, Green Ronin have officially released Fancy Age second edition, which I think has been oh, long that's been awaited. For ages, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 so yeah, the official yeah. release has happened. Um, so yeah, the the core physical books are on their way to game stores now, so they're mm-hmm. in logistical transport, uh, and you can mm-hmm. get the PDF on Drive RPG right now. Hmm, Lauren uses 3D6, I think. And yes. And it has these stunt rules. I've never yeah, actually rules. played yeah, okay. the adventure game engine stuff, but as 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 I understand. Well, it powers a lot of stuff, like the Expanse, Dragon Age, all that sort of thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But sure. this is the, the first book. There's, they're, they're redoing the whole Fancy Age line, so there's mm. going to be like new GM kits and quick starts well, doing, and adventures. Like, and Modern Age and Future Age as well, exactly. aren't they? Yeah. So this is... The beginning of a whole a whole thing, which if you've been mm. anticipating, you are you're very well aware. Mm. They, yeah, they they've revised cross compatible. Mm-hmm. They're all supposed to be cross compatible. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. very similar to what sort is new in concept. I think in yeah. that sense, mm-hmm. it's very standalone games that are cross compatible. I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got the books for what Souls is new, so I might as well just stick with that. But no, no, I mean, fair enough. Uh, good times. Mm. Let's go. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, this is this um. Uh, uh, I'm not really oh. sure how how relevant this is, but you know the um, Screen Actors Guild, the actors in the um, writer strikes yes. in Hollywood yes. at the moment. Supposed to talk about how that affects things other than Hollywood productions. Mm. And one of those things, I mean, you know, it's kind of totally out of our bailiwick generally. Yeah, it's not going to affect playing, I guess. But does it affect actual plays? Things like Critical Role mm-hmm. it was, it was a thing. And it's interesting that um, different 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 creators are saying slightly different things at the moment. Mm. So they're taking different kind of approaches. They're generally kind of wait and see approaches, um, generally speaking. But uh, for example, Glass Cannon, which is a big big podcast network, yeah, they did the path, uh, the Pathfinder. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're massive, they're massive. Yeah, um, uh, says so, you know we're grateful the uh, actual play podcasting and streaming does not fall under the purview of anyone as of yet and hopefully it will stay that way um so they're, they're saying you know it doesn't affect them mm-hmm. uh critical role was a little less sure they said currently our release schedule is not impacted by the strike but we will continue to evaluate and take the necessary steps should it be yeah well, because they're all actual voice actors Yes, actual yeah. jobs in film movies, mm. and they films. are in Hollywood as well. They're in LA, aren't they? Sagafra yeah. and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we got um, so Dimension Twenty. Oh, yes, that's been recommended mm-hmm. to me. It has like really interesting, has a really good show. Um, mm. I I haven't engaged with it myself, but it is spoken of very highly by people that have mm-hmm. a good judgment for these matters. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they said that like uh, production is right now on hold um, because we aren't associated with the AMPTP uh, Alliance of Motion Picture okay. and Television Producers. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, it's possible we may be able to reach an interim agreement with SAG Screen Actors Guild yeah. that allows us to continue to produce content during the strike, yeah. but we'll only do that if we get the blessing of the union, the buy-in of our performers. But they are. They they are owned by Dropout TV, right? Which right. I am assuming is more of a sort of 
they do TV-ish like yeah, yeah they do wider stuff that's that was linked to like yeah. college humor like style thing yeah stuff it was uh, yeah so they yeah. do wider for media s- stuff yeah. so it sounds to me like generally it's not really gonna affect actual plays generally except for those that are in a sort of strange kind of limbo area where they are overlapping with actual mm. yeah oh i think the sort of tv and film producers it, productions the majority of actual plays aren't people aren't getting paid a lot yeah, of the time yeah. anyway mm. yeah. so it, it for it to sit in there would be... It's a hobbyist a, sort of affair. Yeah, actually. it's... I, I well, mean, that's an entirely different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, there are yeah, a few yeah. that where people get paid and they do get actual, like, you say, paid yeah. actors that are Yeah, someone just streaming their home game is yeah, nothing yeah, to do yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, yeah. it's when you get like critical role where they're actually voice actors yeah. and they're actually yeah. making a show yeah. sort of thing. Uh, but like that's not going to affect it. Well, it's good that these people are thinking about the solidarity of sticking with the union. Yeah. Okay, more news. More? Um, we are running out of news, but um, it's a Marvel multiverse role-playing game, Dice. That's nice. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> are they pretty? That, that's literally watch? the news. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> Although these um, 66... The heroic dice pack, a custom-designed set of six-sided dice yes, for Marvel Is it HD666, is it? Or... Yeah. 616. Uh, 616. Six, 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 sorry. My apologies yes. for the Marvel fans out there who are like, oh, the Emperor the Beast. Yeah, because apparently we're on Earth 616 or something yeah. in the Marvel Universe or something like that, I think it is. Yeah. I'm intrigued by the, the game. I haven't played it yet, um, but I am intrigued. I may pick up well, a PDF at some point to... Um... Well, it's not out yet. Um, comes out mm-hmm. next month, I think. Yeah. Um, you can you can pick up the playtest, but I think that's kind of quite outdated. I was, I was, no, I'll wait till the actual thing's out. Yeah. I'm intrigued, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not yeah. sold. Yeah. yeah, but they've also got sort of uh, other things coming out. So we've got the dice, but there's also starter sets, pre-painted miniatures, all sorts of different stuff yeah. is is all going to come out alongside the game. Style, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, oh, uh, by the way, congratulations on the what's old is new box uh, starters box that's coming out. I see mm-hmm. you have absolutely smashed your funding goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Twice, what over twenty six thousand six hundred fifty six quid. Uh, yeah. So what's that about? Still, 30K st- still a couple of weeks to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thirty days to go, go. halfway through. And, uh, looks good. And we've had enough people. So we have the core rule books as mm. add-ons. Yeah. Um, we had enough people uh, buy that want them that it's worth doing an offset print run because we were planning yes. on just so doing we, that print on demand because we were get sure. very nice offset printed versions. Yeah. They're arted as well. Yeah. To version one point three. Marvelous, marvelous. Ah, so yeah, like I say, well done. Thank you very good much. Thank it. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Are we done with the news? I am. I'm out. Yep. Yep. Okay. And with that, the mighty Apocalypse Dragon crashes to the earth, its reign of terror over. The townspeople cheer as you stand over the body of the monster which terrorised the nine duchies for so long. Oof. That was one awesome battle. I thought we were goners for sure. (laughs) Me too. I mean, how we avoided a total party kill, I don't know. Still, we prevailed, and that's the end of yet another awesome campaign. Yep, on to the next. So what what do you have in store for us now, Diem? Ah, well, I'm glad you asked. Do love the start of the campaign. The excitement, the wonder. The mystery. Anything could happen. Well, I've been waiting for this one for ages. The sorcerers of the South Shore have just released a brand new adventure path. Oh, good. Just in time, eh? I wonder what it is. There was that vampire one. Oh, the Underdark one, you know, uh, and the one set in hell? Yeah, and the one with the giants, the one with the evil Archmage. Oh, don't forget the big dragon campaign. So, who are we fighting next, DM? Who's our next villainous foe? 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. So the sorcerers have pulled a great surprise out of their hat this time, if you ask me. Oh, good. I, I do like surprises. Come on then. Who is it? Uh, mind flayers? Dark elves? Oh, ghosts? Nope, nope. None of them. In this next adventure path, we're, uh, we're, well, you're, you're going up against the mighty cockatrice. A cockatrice? What? What's that? Well, it's, uh, it's kind of a chicken that turns you to stone. A chicken that turns you to stone. It, it doesn't sound scary. Well, it's not just one cockatrice. There's like a whole cockatrice empire. An empire of chickens who turn you to stone. That's it, exactly. Is it like, you know, a comedy adventure? No, there's nothing funny about being turned to stone. I mean, there is where a chicken does it. Oh, this adventure has mystery and intrigue and daring do. But it is still all about chickens which turn you to stone. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about it, yeah. Look, I, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth or anything. But do you think maybe they're running out of ideas? What do you mean? It's just the very idea of an empire of chickens who turn you to stone is it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, they're not actually chickens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're uh, what's it, uh, cockatrices. Well, they do look like chickens to me. Are they like giant chickens at least? Uh, um, no, just kind of um, the size of a, a regular chicken, really. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't think I can take this seriously. Yeah, don't you have something a little more... Um... Epic! Yes, epic. Something a bit more epic. A bit more epic than uh, cockatrices. Um, yeah, a bit more epic than an empire of chickens who turn you to stone. Yes. Well, um, there is this uh, one other adventure. Ooh, what's it called? Uh, invasion of the... Um, of the what? Uh, Invasion of the Duck Bunnies. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget, patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? We were going to talk about who in your group, or how a gaming group chooses what game to play. Yeah. Will we not? That was going to be our topic this week. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm curious about your experiences and see how similar they are to mine. Yeah, I think okay. I think we've got like three very different sets of experiences here because I know mm-hmm. you tend to have like one pretty solid group that runs for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and myself, I uh, I am just like this freelance DM slash player who's like, oh, well, this is a group of people that's play some games, mm-hmm. and then just flits on to the next set. Which means I do tend to have like really different points of view from a lot of people online. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because like the conventions I'm used to, as in the social conventions, are very different. Mm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um well, how about yourself, Jess? For me, when I first started roleplaying I went to um my friendly local gaming club. Good old Bournemouth Berserkers. Um, Bournemouth Berserkers yeah. shout out. Uh, which I think is really good for anyone for their local to find a local group of people that are playing games it's great to learn and try new 
different systems, you see different styles of GMs. And for me, I wanted to go because I'd recently moved there and didn't. I was like, where are my fellow nerds at? I went to make friends. Mm-hmm. I found them. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're at the role playing club. Um, but <laughs> how how that worked there was GMs just put forward stuff and people voted for what they wanted to play. So someone was literally just someone laid out their store. They're like, hey, and I want to run a game of whatever it was. Like someone was like, I'm running a game of Savage Worlds. Someone else was running D&D. Someone else was running World of Darkness. And they said a little blurb about it. And they're like, which ones do you like? And you voted on which ones you liked. And the ones that got the most votes happened. And um, people went and played in those games. Mm-hmm. And so that was, so who decided what was, who was, what we were playing was pretty much the GMs. The GMs just said, this is yeah. what I'm willing to run and put forward. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Which I kind of like. Yeah. If someone's willing, really to, if someone's willing to run something, yeah. yeah, and they're enthusiastic about yeah. it, yeah. I mean, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're 99 percent of the way there. Mm-hmm. And that, and that is how that's. And maybe that's because that's my introduction. But that is my expectation of running games in many other situations. Like I have a mini like cottage convention with my friends that like 15, 20 of us go to. And we, when we organise games, we pretty much do the same thing. Everyone says, mm. "I have an idea for this that we could we could run." People vote for which ones they think they like, and yeah. then that's what happens. Mm. And in day to day life, I do did have like a long running level up campaign that D and D that merged to level up that was like running for five years. So that mm. was, and that literally started by the GM going, "Hey, I'm thinking about running this um, campaign. It's going to be quite a long term one." On these dates, are people free? Do they want to join? And everyone was like, sure. Mm. And then yeah. it just kind of carried on for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was kind of the GM's decision to move to level up as well, not mine, whatever everyone mm. else says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I will pretty much play any game. I mm. don't, like, honestly, don't really care what game we're playing as long as the GM wants to play it, wants to run it, and is enthusiastic about that. Mm. Generally, the system itself is far less important to me than that. Yeah, and that is the, that is the vital thing, you know. Because um, I'll, I'll enjoy any game. I'm, I'm enjoying a Blades in the Dark game on Wednesday nights at the moment, yeah. which I'd never played Blades in the Dark before. I'm enjoying it just as much as I enjoy any other game. It's you know, the system itself doesn't add to or remove from my enjoyment of the game. Really, it's just mm. it's, it's the GM. I'm less mm. systems focused than a lot of people though. I'm very I care more about the story and if you talk to me about yeah. games I'm in generally mm. I'll end up telling you about the story and the setting. Yeah. And then mm. someone will go, And what are you playing it with? And I'm like, Oh yeah, this And what are the mechanics like? Yeah, yeah. and it's not that I don't yeah. appreciate systems because mechanics can influence the the way you play in a very significant mm. way. Like, mm. you know, there are you I wouldn't want to run horror using D&D 5th edition because the mechanics don't support the t- yeah. those themes and tones yeah. da, 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 da. so I do appreciate you're more of a narrative style than say I am anyway. yeah, yeah but I think that's right, just naturally yeah. yeah so I think um, so I think I'm less systems focused anyway mm-hmm. so when choosing mm-hmm. a game and when I go to conventions as well like I started going to um, like to Consequences and it used to be like is it IndieCon it used to be yeah, IndieCon. Yeah. yeah, over at Christchurch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went to them, there was a big board full of all games. I didn't even look at the systems because so I was yeah, like, yeah. Do you know what? We're doing a one shot at a convention. People I, I, will tell like me the rough idea. Rules. Yeah, what's what stories are we telling? And also the GMs, if mm. I knew there was a particular GM whose style I liked, so that would be what I'd look for. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do kind of. I like trying new systems mm. just to see what they're like. Yes, just just almost a sort of oh, education is the wrong word, but just mm. for my own sort of. Satisfy my own curiosity, yeah, yeah, just to find out, you know, what this system is like, how that feels, how it plays, and things like that. Mm. Um, so generally, you know, if someone says I want to run this, 
I'll then yeah, fine. Yeah. I'll play it. Yeah. Not yeah. a problem. Um I had quite an interesting experience on Wednesday, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. chap was running Exalted Essence. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, which is apparently the super, super, super lightweight cut down version of Exalted Fur Dead. Right. Well, I'm not going to lie, my friends. This, this, this book that he was brandishing at us, uh, was about the size of the Adventurer's Guide, which, as we know, is about twice the length of the Player's Handbook. This, and this is the slimmed down version. This is the, this is the super slimmed down version. Cool. But it's all in one volume as opposed to across several, but oof, it was, mm. it was a big chunky boy. Um, and, how does it do compared to second edition? I played a fair bit of second edition. I we went through like a a big sandbox campaign where we mm-hmm. went from the full zero to hero arc, and mm. I learned a lot about the world of Exalted that way. I had a great time. This one really captures the feel in a lot of ways. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a pre-written adventure where essentially there's a a giant fey castle appears. Uh, inside a floating city, which is composed of a pile of ships all tied together. And if you're like, mm-hmm. that is a wild setting, I'm like, yes, that's exalted. Um, you have a thin layer of creation, which is vaguely where things make sense, uh, that's mm. like been plonked on top of the wild, swirling chaos of the Fey Realm. Mm. Um, and so there's like this, this, this is clearly some Fey BS. So what we were sent to investigate was like, what's going on here? Why are they not just like, you know, vanishing out of existence by uh, mm. the observational effect of all this, all these city folk? And mm. yeah, we're getting into it and uh, there's like a promise to allow them to stay there. And yeah, it was like very, very exalted. I really, I really would recommend it. It does seem like a, it, they promised a cut down version that captures the flavor. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. this, this is it. It does, it mm. does do that. Um, uh, so that was basically, and the reason we played that was I was going to do character creation for the campaign I have lined up, mm-hmm. and not all the players turned up. So mm. we're like, well, right, scheduling is another thing. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the scheduling is set. It's Wednesdays. It's seven o'clock. It's at the Art House Cafe mm. in Southampton. Come along, and we'll find you a seat. Mm. But yeah, if yeah. people don't turn up when they say so, it's like very hard to get a game yeah. going. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it, so it sounds mm-hmm. like I was and I was saying and kind of what Russ was saying was the GM yeah. decides what the game is. But I mean, from what you said, it sounds like the players decide what the game is. Discuss. Um, the GMs propose some options, which narrows down the possibility space of what it could be, and then the players vote, and then the yeah, players vote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, no, I guess, I guess, I haven't seen it that way. I very much, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like you can, you can. I guess it's like everybody chooses, but I'm like, well, you yeah, know, this is this is what I'm going to run. This is how I'm going to run it. Yeah. And I mean, this it's is two different environments, though, isn't it? You're yeah. talking about a club in one sense, yeah. or a, a convention, and you're talking, which is a, diff, a very different environment yeah, to, yeah. say, a group of your friends who you've been playing with for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a very different thing, mm-hmm. I, I feel. Because yeah. kind of a similar thing happens with, with me, and I, I have a group of about 15, 20-ish people I know that I've played games, different games with, and you know 20 people that wow. i play games with yeah <laughs> that's pretty impressive yeah. not to not brag um i didn't say they were my friends <laughs> i just said people i know just to be clear some of them might be listening to this now <laughs> well, <laughs> <No>. hi dave <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's not your friend no and the, <laughs> an acquaintance of mine <laughs> Oh. I forgot what I was saying now. Oh, yeah, so where it works now... Someone's rolling at this farm's draw next session. Yeah. <laughs> a GM, which could be yeah. me or 
anyone else in that group will generally yeah. have uh so for me when i have an idea to run a game i have a server mm. with some of those people on uh, on discord and i just Ooh. i put out my store there i'm like hey i'm thinking of running this game using this system uh mm. on these dates and i also make an int- a little video trailer because i'm cool mm. uh just mm. to give a vibe and i put nice. it on there. i'm like hey who would like who's free and would like to do this and then just people put mm. their hands up and jump in or don't uh and usually because you know and sometimes people aren't free. Sometimes, um, you know, it's not everyone's bag. But yeah, so so ultimately, I'd say I, as the GM, decided what the game was. Other people decided mm. if they wanted to get involved or not. But, um, mm. but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm my my group. So basically, I I say it's the same group, but it's you know, you know, it's like a um, the ship of um, Theseus. Is it Theseus? Yeah, ship yeah. of Theseus. I was going to say Perseus then for some reason. Yeah, no, yeah. Theseus, Perseus, 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 yeah. Yeah. Different, different players yeah. have come and gone, but it's all yeah. sort of yeah. the same group. I mean, there are, a couple, there are a couple of people that have been there yeah. all along. but it, So it goes back about 20 years, mm-hmm. really, the group. But um, people have come and gone mm-hmm. over the years. But it's always just kind of pretty much worked. Someone, you know, you're coming towards the end of a campaign and someone goes, oh, I've got this I'd like to run. And everyone goes, okay. Yeah. And that's basically how it's always worked, yeah. always pretty yeah. much. So it's a different, slightly different dynamic, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller number of people as well. It's yeah. kind of, you know, it's not like, like at, at, at the club on Wednesdays, Peter, it's kind of like there'll be sort of maybe. Variable. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but maybe up to 20 people. Like, Has it ever been 20 recently? Or? I don't uh, know. Lately, I don't over think it's 10. 20. Certainly over yeah, 10. Yeah. yeah. yeah certainly. It's not one And then table, you'll have sort of yeah. like two or three people who might be running something, and then everyone will mill around for a little bit, yeah. and it'll be a little bit, oh, who's going to do what? Who's going to do what? And then somehow people end up sitting at tables playing a game. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That's how the magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that that's kind of how that works there. So mm. generally, I feel like there you have, more games on offer than there are players to play. Yeah, yeah. Is that a fair uh, Yeah, yeah, that's that's generally been the situation. I mean, we're not talking large numbers, but like, there'll be like three games on offer and enough players for two games, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. currently I'm I'm setting up, I want to do something a bit more long form. Because um, mm. I've done like, I don't know, what's it about 10, 12 one-shots by now, which is mm. which is fine. I don't, I quite like doing one-shots. I quite like doing mm. more than one-shots. But mm. yeah, I just want to get my teeth into something, you know, a bit bit heavier, uh, mm. a bit more long term. And so I thought I'd probably try and run uh to save a kingdom, but mm. using memories of Holshire and just do it in a series of books. Mm. So I've put you mean a- the adventure path for level up advanced fifth edition by EM publishing. <sighs> What's a plug? Um Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's basically the only adventure path from uh, level up. <laughs> Currently, <laughs> like it's, it, yeah. it was launched in 2021. <laughs> Give us time. <laughs> yeah. Come on, people! It's 2023. We got <laughs> no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So it's like uh, I'm quite interested in running stuff and mm-hmm. using different levels and so forth. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've been in the weeds of character creation and because uh, I can create things. Um, I put. I, I mean, if you look at homebrewhacking.com, it's got like me blathering on about the various things and what I wanted mm. to do because I know about the world of LSR from what Russ has told me and we talked about it and I'm like, okay, Tolkien-esque I had a certain amount of weird but not too much weirder mm. and then we'll go and explore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I've just Talks thought of an example that's different because in my mind I was saying I feel that the GMs decide the game because they decide what they're doing, put it out, and everyone says yes or no. And that was kind of a rough yeah. example. But I thought once where the player actually decides it because 
if you get requests because i remember i ran a one shot of um 10 candles uh, mm-hmm. for some of my friends and I, I said I only wanted like four four players because I wanted because it was like one oh, of yeah. the first games I'd run for a while I was like I mm. want to keep it manageable please and then so I ran that and afterwards I was like oh that sounded really cool can you please run it next time we're doing this thing because I might want to you know put in for that one so in a way the player kind of decided the game then because they said I, I would like to play this game let's Ooh. do that I've actually um, had yeah. that experience yeah which was pretty cool so, uh, essentially in, yeah. I had mm-hmm. people looking at my bookshelves Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of, um, what's it, Order of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tear that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, just talking to friends, like, oh, I got these books. I'm, I'm never going to run them. I, I'm, not, I'm not one for adventure paths. Mm-hmm. I'd play it, but like reading the whole thing, remember it? It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm in 5e. We'll do it. And then we set up a little group, and that ran for ages. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, had I love think for me, I don't think I. Yeah, for me, I, it's kind of I have to be grabbed by the thing. Mm. So in order to want to run it, mm. which means mm. it probably has to come from me yes. yeah. rather than someone else. Yes. I mean, I suppose someone could suggest something, and I go, "Oh wow, now I'm grabbed." But generally speaking, it would probably have to come from me rather than someone else. Now, is that system I don't think I'd be or setting or both, or both really. That's mm-hmm. just you know, like a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, if someone came to me and said, "I'd like you to run this," the odds are of it won't. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, what am I talking about? I'm talking about hypotheticals. I've asked you to do yeah, that at conventions, and you've said no. It's different, because so. it's a job, isn't it? That's work. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's work me trying to sell my own stuff, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I it's, it's a, li- it's a yeah. little different. Yeah, oh, I know. Okay, I'm just okay. being yeah. facetious, because yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah well, all right, you know, if you wanted to run something at the club, they don't regard it as work, just regard it as having a bit of fun, you know? Mm. And then it's like, you know, because you're sort of well, getting to know people. Well, at the, mm-hmm. at the Wednesday Club, I've really enjoyed playing different systems at the moment, mm-hmm. like dipping into different things. Yeah. That I'm very much enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we've got some, we've got people like talking about stuff I've never, I've literally never heard of it. And mm. like that one, that sci fi game you're playing, I can't even remember the name. I'd love to recommend it, uh, but I can't. Which one? The one, it, uh, one Paul Harvey was running. Um, it was the space, the space that game. I was playing. Yeah, yeah. You and Jess, you remember you got sucked out of an airlock. Yeah, when your wife killed me. Yeah, yes, yeah that's I right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't even remember what it was called. I'd love to remember what it's called. I think it was by someone called Jonathan Hicks. I was trying to remember if that was someone famous or not. But I, just, I, I can't remember it. what it was called, but yeah. it was cool. It was quite cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, I find a lot of these like really rules light systems that people want to run mm-hmm. are kind of cool because a they're very easy to pick up. B they're not usually all that different. Mm-hmm. You know, in sort of mechanically, yeah. because because they're rules like, yeah. or because um, so they're a they, hack, they, say, yeah, like or, or they've had, they've yeah. had the rules like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I played the Warren, which I want to say was a hack of it was the Warship Down hack. Mm. Someone's like, Amazing. it's Warship Down and animals are flying with. I'm like, yeah, no, this is pure Warship Down. It's so grim. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice when you can pick up a system. You can literally learn it in two minutes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, you know, if it's, if it's light enough to do that, yeah. which is a very different proposition to, say, picking up D&D yes. for the first time. I, I hear what you're saying. I mm-hmm. think a lot of it is also down to, I'm going to say, user interface, to the character sheet. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. As you started that yeah. sentence, I knew exactly what was going on and the exact words you were going to exactly. use as well. I saw that coming. I, I, I mean, saw what that can coming. I say? It's like, <laughs> I'm right. Prove me wrong. Um <laughs> All right, um, I, I do. I, no. I, I do agree. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, we're going a bit off topic yeah. now. We're talking about how to introduce people to games now, which is a different, different um, topic entirely. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. if you if you can give someone a really, really easy to use, self-explanatory, and I think pretty is important. Yes, character sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the information they need on it, and it's really clear and obvious. That 
goes a big long way. But uh, like I said, it's a different topic, really. Different but, topic, yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, for but, another week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I saw one chap called I think it's Keith Edinburgh uh, for mm. uh, upcoming Etherpunk, and because mm. I had my design head on, I was thinking about character sheets. I had he put up his thing. I was like, oh yeah. So is this how your system works? Based on what he had written in the character sheet, and he was like, "Yeah, that's fairly good, mm. pretty good approximation." So that uh, design, and I think, I think it's like when people agree to have a go at something. Mm. In a large part of it is, does the story grab you? Mm-hmm. And another part is, can they actually make sense of the bit of paper that you're asking them to look at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of? So that, that is why I keep banging on about it. I guess if I looked at and it's like, I keep trying to love Pathfinder 2nd Edition, but I keep on looking at the character sheet. And I keep on thinking I'm filling in my taxes. There's other character sheets. There are other character sheets. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't have to use that I one. I get to play it. I, I mean, essentially, I'm not sure I could play it without computer assistance. Mm. And so I have to look That's at the Roll 21 and... Oof, oof, oof. Mm. Yeah, I've only yeah. ever played Pathfinder with a virtual tabletop. Um, yeah. Because... I find it easier as a new player to figure out what's going on and push mm. buttons and stuff yeah. happens. Cool. I, and, and that's the accessibility part of it. Yes. So, yeah. mm. um, so it's a combination of like, you know, can you trust your GM? Can you trust mm. your narrator and so forth? Mm. Your storyteller, referee, marshal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean. But who decides what we're playing? My conclusion yeah. If we were to have one, would be I think it's the GM because I think the person, mm. or if it's a GMless game, the person proposing the GM at the least idea, has to agree to it because you can't, yeah. you can't have a game that the GM's well, not. For, you know. In my experience, generally, <laughs> yeah. it's the GM that says, "Hey, I'm thinking about running it." Puts out the yeah, stand, and, pe- the and people have to people opt in and agree. It's almost always is even even yeah at the club. It's people yeah. GMs propose something yeah. and then players either play it or not. Yeah, so it always comes from the GM pretty much. Yeah. It's unusual for it to go the other way around. Yeah. But like you said, Peter, it has happened for you. So yeah, you yeah. Know, it's not yeah. it's not like yeah. completely impossible. Uh, yeah, it's got... I, I think there's a lot of space at the moment for stuff like... Mm. You, you've identified like from that Pendragon thing, the like the solar adventure to teach a GM the rules. Love that idea. That, Love it. Yeah, you I like has a teaching tool. I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure that's been done loads of times before. Yeah. Um I'm yeah, I'm sure Probably. it's not a brand new idea, but you know I, I, it's something I think I mean it would behoove most game systems to have, I think. Yeah, I mean if we got stuff like um people saying, Oh just just Google critical role, I don't think that is a good thing for the industry. I think it's like I, I used to work in sales and if I had started off sales pitches with, well, unlike our, com- or unlike our biggest competitor and started talking about our stuff in rec, with reference to our biggest competitor, I would have been in a great deal of trouble, uh, because I'm bringing my biggest competitor into the room and almost selling them. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, it's, you're talking to a different audience and yeah. a different. Yeah. It's yeah. like, don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't sell your different. RPG by reference to Dungeons and Dragons. Sell your RPG in your own terms and what it does. Sure. Work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't try and sell something by comparing it to something else because you're immediately putting that other thing in the higher position by doing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. you don't have to explain RPGs by reference to Dungeons and Dragons. It is incredibly popular right now, but you can explain it. And you can explain what RPGs is and what they do without ever mentioning Dungeons and Dragons. I and think I 
highly recommend that. I think it is easier to explain if somebody doesn't know what a role-playing game is. People usually have a cultural reference to D&D, though. Because I know when I explain my job to people I meet yeah. out and about in the world, it is the easiest way to explain what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I find it easy to say, do you watch TV? And then say, like, you know, compare it to, well, look, you know, in TV, do you like genre? Like, do you like a bit of fantasy? Do you like a little bit of science fiction? That sort of thing. Mm. You, you've got some people who are playing the cast, the main actors, and then you've got mm. someone else who does, like, the the GM, the editing, all the other little bits and pieces. Mm. Um, you don't need any cameras, you don't need costumes, you don't need any of that stuff. It's all just, like, the cheap bits, <laughs> mm. and you're not sticking to a script. It's at like this they... point, someone at the yeah. dinner party is zoned out and is looking across the room to talk to somebody else yeah, for me. Sure. <laughs> mm. uh, That's me. Yeah. You know what? I guess I'm just more used to talking to people with a attention span. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if, they, if, you, if, you, if it takes you so long to... Or, ex- Peter, if... do you not no. notice their attention span? <laughs> and what can I say? Perhaps uh, after six years of doing a RPG podcast, I'm like, yes, 30 or 40 minutes of time is a perfectly reasonable level of time to talk about RPGs. Thanks for asking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway... Mm. Sure. Are we done? Have we got a conclusion then? Are we done? I mean, we've we've we basically come to the conclusion that probably the My GM decides and the players agree. I think it's the GM that decides. The players agree as the general process, but like with many things that are social, there is nuance and differences in all situations. Mm. But ultimately, I think the GM is going to be the person investing more of their time and energy into the game generally, mm-hmm. and so they have to be the person that kind of puts it forward and commits to that first. Mm. Okay, solved it. We've answered the question. That is the answer to the question. Okay, and on that note, shall we get out of here? Yes. Go and have a weekend. Have a great time, everyone. See you next week. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Uh, invasion of the... Um, of the what? Invasion of the duck bunnies. Again, real D&D monster. I don't make these things up. <laughs> I'll play it. <laughs> I'd give it a go. I'd give it a go. Give it a go. <laughs> Duck bunnies oh, for the worse win. Oh, the biting, the biting, the biting commentary. <laughs> <laughs>